0: Take your Bible, please, and turn to Psalm 38 this afternoon. Uh, Psalm chapter 38, please. This is Psalm of David. Uh, I know that for sure, Brother Art, because it says that. The Bible says that, and so I, I trust it. Uh, it's called the Psalm of David. It's, it's titled the Psalm of David to bring to remembrance. And so, Mike, there's something the Lord wants to bring to remembrance in this passage. And think... Uh, in this psalm this afternoon, David is reflecting back on a time when uh, it seemed like all he knew was troubles. He knew all kinds of troubles in his life. Uh, physical trials, uh, like some of the physical trials we saw this morning, Lord deal with. Uh, emotional trials. Uh, he had family trouble. He had trouble with enemies. He had all kinds of trials. Let me ask you this, this afternoon, have you, is there ever been a time in your life where you thought, it just seems like everything is going wrong, it just seems like every, everybody's against me, and it seems like everything is going wrong, that's where David was, and he's, I think this time has gone by, and he's kind of reflecting back on this now, and he's looking back, and he's, um, he's considered, Brother R, I believe, uh, why did God allow that, why did he allow such Uh, just a a terrible time of of difficulties. Just every part of his life was filled with trials and difficulties and uh, things that that were discouraging to him. And and he sees that it was God's correction. He he looks back and, and he can see that. And um, maybe you can look back on a time uh, this afternoon and say, listen, I, I can look back and I, I know there was a time in my life where I, I, I felt just like David. I, everything was going wrong. It seemed like and, and I can look back now and see, okay, God wanted my attention. Maybe you were saved in a time like that. Uh, or, or maybe you had strayed from the Lord and you can look back and say, okay, yep, sure enough, God, God used a time like that to draw me back to him. Uh, to teach me that, hey, I, I need to stay close to Christ or else I, I will stray and uh, further and further away. And I know this has been kind of a theme for us, this theme of chastisement in recent weeks, but uh, I want to continue to look at this this afternoon because um, David shows us something very important. Um, Brother Art, in the, in the throes of all that he was experiencing, and it's a lot, we'll see this, uh, he was able to cry out to the Lord and, and he was able, he was able in the midst of that to find what he needed in the Lord. Now he knew it was correction that God intended. And so he acknowledges that he, he confesses uh, sin and, and gets right with the Lord. I would just have us to be encouraged today that um, David was able to do that. And we are too. When, when we, um, find ourselves in a similar place, we can cry out to the Lord. We can get right with him. Uh, Mike, even when it seems like we can't do anything else for, for whatever reason, the, the weight of the trials, the burden of it all, uh, there is strength available from the Lord to cry out to him, to confess sin, to forsake sin and and to get right with him and to Brother Art hopefully sees some of the correction be lifted at that point. Uh, when, when I was a little kid, my parents would spank me sometimes. I, I've joked before. It was a lot of time, Brother Art, because I was slow to be corrected. But when, when I learned the lesson, I didn't need to be spanked anymore. Amen? And we understand that you know, God's, God ch- chastens us as a loving parent. And when the, when the lesson's been learned, um, the, the chastisement can be lifted. Um, I want to read uh, a little bit here uh, this afternoon. You you can remain seated, but let's read a bit, I'll pray, and then we'll we'll jump in and make some observations here and uh, try not to keep you all afternoon here. Uh, Here's Psalm 38 and verse 1. It is called the Psalm of David. Uh, to bring to remembrance. Mike, the Hebrew word there is zakar, and Zachary's name comes from that, zakar, remembrance. O Lord, David prays, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure, for thine arrows stick fast in me. I don't think the Lord literally shot out arrows at him, that's, that's poetic language. And thy hand presses me sore, there's no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. Brother Ray, it's just a little, get a little ringing here, Brother Ray. Uh, For mine iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. Verse 5, David continues, my wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease. That doesn't sound good. And there is no soundness in my flesh. That doesn't sound good either. I am feeble and sore broken. David says, I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. And then he says this in verse nine. See this, please. Can you just turn this down just a little bit, please? Thank you, sir. Uh, Lord, all my desire is before thee and my groaning is not hid from thee. He says, my heart panteth, my strength falleth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. He says in verse 11, my lovers, loved ones, and my friends stand aloof from my sore and my kinsmen stand afar off. He says, they also, verse 12, that seek after my life lay snares for me. And they that seek... My hurts speak mischievous things. They spoke against him. They slandered him. And imagine deceits all the day long. But, verse 13, I as a deaf man heard not. He refused to hear those things. And I was as a dumb man. He refused to speak against those same enemies that, (coughs) excuse me, openeth not his mouth. Thus I was a man that heareth not, and in whose mouth are no reproofs. And then he says this, don't miss verse 15, please. He says, for in thee, O Lord, what are the next three words? Verse 15, do I hope thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. Amen. Amen. He says, for I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. My enemies are lively, and they are strong, and they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries, because I'll follow the thing that good is. He reiterates his prayer for help. Verse 21, he prays, forsake me not... O Lord, O my God, my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me. Remember the the mom this morning, help me. O Lord, my salvation, O Lord, my salvation. Uh, This afternoon, uh, the Lord David's salvation, the Lord David's salvation. Uh, Let's pray, please. Father, we do thank you this morning uh, for this psalm. Uh, Lord, someone might say, well, how can we be grateful for uh, a psalm that in- includes so much difficulty, so, so many trials, so much uh, depth of, of sorrow and, uh, and difficulties in, in every sphere of life? And Lord, I, I can thank you for it because I understand that, that you know our trials, you know our suffering, you know our difficulties. Lord, you un- you, you're a compassionate God and you understand. Lord, you allow these trials to correct us, to grow us, to call us back into a close walk with you. Thank you. Lord, we we thank you today that we can see that you used a trial to uh, encourage David to confess sin, used a multitude of trials, no doubt, to encourage David to confess a multitude of sins. Lord, you were gracious to hear David despite his sin. You were able and willing to hear his confession and to be his salvation from those trials. Lord, I thank you today. The same is true for us. You use trials to get our attention, to keep our attention, and to correct us. And Lord, when we need correction uh, and receive it, you hear our confession. Lord, thank you. Father, I pray that you help us each now as we look into this psalm for just a few minutes. Lord, help me. Lord, help us to get a hold of the things that you would have us to see today. Lord, I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, can we agree this was a hard time that he's reflecting back on, Brother Art? It just seemed like, again, everything, everything was difficult. There was nothing, no part of his life, it seems, that that wasn't just filled with all kinds of difficulty. Uh, and so, um, this psalm is what? Uh, he's talking about difficulties, but but who is he talking to? Who is he talking to? We'll look back there in verse 1. There's the title, but the next two words are what? Oh, what? Oh, Lord, he's talking to the Lord. This is a prayer. Uh, and so, we, we can be encouraged that uh, D- David, yes, he's going through tremendous difficulties in every part of his life, but it's it's not preventing him from crying out to the Lord. Again, we have every reason to believe this is is God's intention, God's purpose in allowing this degree, this breadth and depth of trial into his life so that David would cry out to the Lord, not be angry at God and and march away and God go off in a tantrum, stomping his feet. Oh God, you've, you've allowed everything to be wrong in my life. You're, you're not a God who loves me and cares about me. There's no compassion. There's no mercy. No, Mikey doesn't do that. He cries out to the Lord and he, he tells God what he's experienced. Now he knows that God God knows, but uh, he He prays the whole thing over to the lord he doesn't i don't think he 's leaving anything out. He tells God every little thing uh, about what he 's experienced. He asks God to rebuke him not in his wrath by the way, does God have a wrath at sin does he have an anger at sin? He does <laughs> he does he's uh, great wrath at sin and, and that 's why we need to cross the blood of Christ because we 'd experience the wrath. Uh, of God that, that would compel him to put us into a very real hell if, if not for uh, the grace available to us in and in, in through Christ. He prays, Lord rebuke me not in thy wrath, uh, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. He seems to understand that he, these trials are the correction of God. These trials uh, are God chastening him. Art, I don't know exactly what's been happening in his life. This could be around the time of the sin with Bathsheba. I don't know, that. that's a possibility. Uh, But but David understands that he's being chastened, he's being corrected uh, by a God who will not ignore him. God loves him too much to ignore him, and so God has been correcting him. He says, Lord, thine arrows stick fast in me, thy hand presseth me sore. He feels the hand of God upon every part of his life, and he understands it's God correcting him uh, because he needs to be corrected. Uh, it looks like part of his trial, brother Mike, is a physical one. I spoke to one person today about physical trial and they said maybe this is the, the correction of God. By the way, if, if there's a trial, Rich, grab that for me, would you please? <laughs> Let's see, it, it, it's snoozing. If we don't shut it off, it's gonna, it's gonna go again, right? we got it. Everybody, make sure your phones are silenced, okay? Okay. If you're going through a trial, whether it's physical or some other trial, and, and you're not sure if it's the Lord chasing you, if you're not sure that it's him correcting you, what, what can you do? What can you, if Zach was here, he'd say, what would he say? He'd, he'd say, pray. He'd say, pray. And, and he's right, right? God searched my heart, show me if there's something in my heart, something in my life that I need to confess to you, uh, and remember, confession is just agreeing, right? God, I, you've burdened me, you've convinced me, you've convicted me that uh, this thing in my heart, this thing in my life, it's sin, and so I agree with you. Ask God to search your heart, search your life, convict you, and, and when he does, just agree, just agree and say, Lord, give me, give me your grace to put that off and to put on obedience uh, in its place." Uh, David understands, Mike, probably because he's been praying that this physical trial is is the corrective hand of God. He says, there is no soundness in my flesh. He's talking to the Lord, he says, because of thine anger. God. He says, God, I, I understand you're angry because of my sin. Uh, and, and by the way, Rich, that's that's just that's god's nature right he's perfectly holy uh, th- that's one of his attributes. he has wrath at sin his wrath is consistent with his perfect holiness uh, he'd have a wrath upon us that demands judgment and punishment uh, if a pun- if a punishment hadn't been already made for it if a payment hadn't already been made for it uh, at-, at the cross. David understands that what he's experienced this physical thing is is because of his sin and because God has a wrath at sin, and and he will correct uh, his people when there's sin in our lives. He says, neither is there any rest in my bones uh, because of my what? What does it say at the end of verse 3? What does it say? Because of my sin. Uh, My sin. God, I I understand that. There's no soundness in his flesh. Physical affliction. Uh, Mike, we, we take care not to suggest that All illness, all the time, is the corrective hand of God. It's not. Uh, For example, we know that Job experienced great physical uh, afflictions, and it was not because of his sin, at least not in in the beginning. Uh, Ellen, we we know disease is happening for all kinds of reasons, right? We can look at biology and medicine and understand those things. Sometimes it's the corrective hand of God, Sometimes it's just the fallen nature of creation. Brother, I don't believe there was any disease before the fall that was a consequence of sin. But now there's a curse, and uh, the, the cursed creation has coronaviruses and bacteria and other, other things that cause us uh, physical trials. God can use those things in our lives to get our attention, keep our attention, correct us. Other times he, he'll, he'll direct or allow trials uh, into our lives to to correct us. I think Mike David understands that that God has allowed or directed this trial into his life because of his sin to cause David to confess the sin. David says my iniquities that's just another word for sin, right, are gone over my head. He feels like he's drowning. Uh, in sin, in the consequences of sin. You ever feel that way? You ever feel like you just got pulled into sin like it was quicksand uh, and and it just pulled you in deeper and deeper uh, and, and deeper? And I will say this tonight. Sometimes it feels like there's just no escape from that sin once it's got a hold of you. Uh, That might be true except for Christ, amen? You can always cry out to him and say, Lord, this sin has a hold of me. And I, I just feel like I have no strength to pull myself out of this quicksand. What happens in, in, in real quicksand when you fight against it? It just pulls you in deeper, right? But you cry out to God, God, I need your help. I, I need you to lift me up out of this. Lord, I confess. I, I put my toe into the quicksand of sin and it, pulled, it got a hold of me and it pulled me in and, and I didn't do anything and, and I'm stuck. And Lord, I need you. God, I need you. Uh, to help me. I confess the sin. I ask you, Lord, for strength to forsake it, to leave it behind. He says, my iniquities are gone over mine head. Uh, as a heavy burden, they are too heavy for whom? What's the last word of verse 4? Me. God is too heavy for me. But Mike, you know what? It's not too heavy for God. Amen. There's there's no trial, nothing uh, is too heavy for the Lord. Gary, you know, uh, there's that old question: Could God make a rock that's so heavy He couldn't lift it? It's illogical, right? There, there's no answer. The Lord can do anything. Uh, that's illogical, though, right? Uh, praise God! Praise God! He, he can lift us up out of anything if we'll just cry out to Him. David's a believer. Understand that he, he he's a believer, uh, no doubt. He's a man living on the other side of the cross. Is A man who's looked ahead to the cross and placed his faith in a Messiah who would one day come, the same way that we look back to the cross and place our faith in a Messiah who has come. David's a believer. He's a believer. And so God is dealing with him as a believer, and he's crying out to God as a believer. Um, He understands, and he he just continues to pour his heart out to the Lord. Do you ever do that? when you're really just not doing well, you just pour your heart out to God. Uh, David did that. And by the way, Art, God doesn't correct him. There's no indication here that that God was like, you know what, David, I don't really want to hear it. So just stop. God doesn't do that. Amen. Uh, He's patient. Amen. Isn't that good? We have a patient God. Amen. He'll just hear. You you pour your heart out to him. He just takes it in. He he hears. uh, He's patient. Gary, I think sometimes we have a hard time believing that God could be that patient because we aren't anywhere near that patient, right? Someone starts pouring your, their heart out to you, and, and maybe you do okay with that for a while, but then you get kind of tired of it, more like the disciples when that woman was crying out to Christ, Lord, should we just send her off? She, she won't be quiet. Should we just send her away? He said, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Uh, he's, he's patient, and he listens as we pour out our hearts uh, I don't think the Lord is ever displeased when we pour out our hearts honestly and humbly to him. David and David does that. Uh, the language is, is, is hard. It's difficult. He says, my wounds stink and are corrupt because of what? My foolishness. Again, he knows his physical trial is because of his sin, uh, foolishness. He said, I am troubled. And and I think here is getting to an emotional component uh, of the trial. There's a physical thing that's happening. Uh, It's a trial. Uh, When you're sick, when you're sick, when there's a physical trial, does it ever affect you emotionally, church? Does it ever affect you emotionally, get you down, discouraged, depressed, kind of wears you out physically sometimes also, right? Just... You get tired, you get worn out, you get troubled. David says, I'm troubled. God, I'm troubled. Uh, I am bowed down greatly. He says, I go mourning all the day. You ever feel like that? You just, you can't escape, you know, the, 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 just the difficult weight of, of being sick. You feel like it just, I can't escape it. It's just with me. It's weighing on me uh, all the day long. And uh, David understands. There, there's a physical component to his trial, God's correction, uh, and there's an emotional component to that as well. He says, "My loins are filled with a loathsome disease. I don't know what it is, Gary, but it doesn't sound good. There's no there's no soundness in my flesh." I am feeble and sore broken. He's weak and just broken down. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. And it comes back there in that last phrase to the emotional toll uh, of, of the corrective hand of God that seems to start with a physical trial but doesn't end there. It just pulls him to a place that is really tough physically and emotionally. Mike, I believe the Lord put this here in part so we understand his correction can take both forms. But also, uh, who put these words here? I think I said it just a moment ago. Who put these words here? Well, David, God, God's words given to David, right, and preserved by God. Um, if God had David to put these words here, God understands, right? God, God, these are God's words that David penned down, um, David's experience. God had David to pen down these words about David's experience. There you go. There's a good, a, a good uh, reasonably accurate statement, I think. Um, Gary, God understands the difficulty of being corrected. He understands that. But he does not withhold it because to withhold correction would be unloving. Amen? To withhold correction would be unloving. God's a loving God. Loved us so much he said his only begotten son to die for us. If it would be unloving to withhold correction, he's not going to withhold correction, even though he knows that it can be this hard. Uh, By the way, do you think God allows any more severe correction into our lives than he knows that we need in order to be corrected? I don't think he does. If if a little tap would correct us, that's because God knows what it'll take, right? If a little tap would do it, God gives a little tap. If you need a big wall up on the behind, and God knows that, if He knows that's what you need to be, that's what you get, right? Uh, evidently, the Lord knows that in the future tribulation period, how severe a time of tribulation it will take to cause Israel to turn to Christ once and for all. And, and you see how severe, I mean, you study through the book of Revelation, you see how severe those things will be. That'll happen in the future because God knows that's what it will take to bring the nation of Israel and more Jewish people uh, to Christ. God knows what it takes, yeah, I don't think he, he gives us any more than, than what is required. Uh, Mike, David might have been tempted to be angry at God. I think I already said that this afternoon. He might have been tempted to be angry at God, just run away from God, stamping his feet. Can't believe you would do this to me, God, or allow this in my life, God, but he didn't. He's already acknowledged this is God correcting David for his sin. And then David says in verse nine, Lord, he's still praying, Lord, all my desire is before thee. God, you, you are what I want in my life. And God, you, you know what I need. Everything that I desire, every, everything that I need, I, I've brought before you. Lord, I have these, these stinking wounds and this loathsome disease. And Lord, I have no soundness in my flesh. Lord, I'm feeble and sore broken. Lord, my heart is so disquieted. Uh, Lord, you know what I need every and i i 'm pouring it all out to you uh, before you because I know that you are the one who can answer these things and of course, we saw that Christ this morning right we saw Christ as the one that that uh, healed the demon possessed girl and uh, fed the four thousand and and all that we saw this morning David understood the power of God uh, to uh, to break. <laughs> Uh, to, to, to correct uh, in, and to release a man of God from correction when that man gets right with God. David, so he's, he's coming to the Lord for this. Um, he says, my heart panteth. The word underlying panteth has the idea of palpitations. you ever have palpitations? Your heart ever race or, or palpitate, like skipping a beat? Uh, you should see a doctor if it does, probably. <laughs> David said, Ellen, uh, David says, my, my heart panteth. Uh, palpitations or, or races he says my strength what does it say his, he says his strength what in verse 10 faileth me uh, I'm weak uh, as for the light of mine eyes it, it is also his his heart is is, is racing uh, your heart's ra- heart races because it, it needs to get more oxygen right because you're weak uh, my my strength faileth my, my eyes are going dim it's also gone from me Rich he, he's just reiterating to God what what a difficult place he's in he, he, he's poured his heart out to God. He, he's, he's presented everything that he needs to the Lord. He's acknowledged his sin. He, he's, he's confessed his sin, I believe. He goes on, and it, Mike, he just continues to pour his heart out to God. And, and again, God doesn't correct him for this. God doesn't say, stop it, stop it, stop it. David just pours it out. In verse 11, he talks about um, how it uh, doesn't seem like there's anyone in his life that could help him. He says, his lovers and friends. Lovers would be the idea of loved ones, probably family. Family and friends. He says, Lord, my my lovers, my loved ones, and my friends stand aloof from my sore. Here I am with all these difficulties, and they're over there with my their back turned to me, like they don't care at at all. Maybe they were. Uh, My my loved ones, my, my friends stand aloof from my sore. And, and my kinsmen, my, my closest relatives, they, they stand afar off. They're, they're way over there. David felt like there was no one in his life that cared about what he was going through or, or was willing, able and willing to help him, except for who? And he was right, right? He's poured his heart out to God. Uh, by the way, have you ever, have you ever felt like your, your friends and family just didn't care about what you were going through? You ever been there? It just seemed like no one cared. God understands what that's like. He wrote about it right here. He knows. He, he knows what that's like. And when it seems like no one else is able or willing to help, the Lord is. Amen? The Lord is. Praise God, sir. You pour out your heart to God, he'll pour out his love to you. That's what you said. Praise God. You pour out your heart to God, he'll pour out his love to you. Praise God. Thank you, brother. <laughs> yeah. He's there for us. You know, David might have just felt this way, or it might have actually been that way. Maybe maybe there was really no one who was able or willing to help him, but the Lord was. The Lord was. And he still is. Because he doesn't change. The Bible says that, right? He doesn't change the same God that David cried out to during this time of correction is the same God that we know today. Amen? He's not changed, right? Same God, not changed a bit. Uh, David continued to pour his heart out. God doesn't correct him. God doesn't say, stop, stop, enough already. He, he, he talks about his enemies. Of course, David had many enemies, and I hope and pray today you don't have enemies, but if you do, be reminded that God understands that. He knows what that's like, and you pour out your heart to God about that. Verse 12, he says, they also that seek after my life lay snares or traps for me. And they that seek my hurt, those that try to hurt me speak mischievous things. They, they slander me, they badmouth me uh, and imagine uh, deceits all the day long. God, you know, they're, they're planning, they're, they're, they're talking all kinds of trash about me and they're planning what they can do to me, how they can get me and David just pours all that right, right out to the Lord. And God understands that. He knows what by the way, does the Lord Jesus Christ know what it's like to have enemies? Didn't they put him up on the cross? The Lord Jesus Christ knows what it's like to have enemies that would nail him to a cross. He knows what it's like to have enemies. That's good to have a Savior who knows what it's like to have enemies. Amen? He knows what it's like. You pour your heart out to him. And, and he doesn't just have, you know, intellectual understanding of what that might be like. He's, he's been there. He's experienced it. Amen? You pour your heart out to a Savior who, who can have real compassion. He's experienced it. He's experienced it. Praise God. Uh, Art, I, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I don't praise God that Christ had to go to the cross. That was my sin. But, but I praise God that he knows what it's like to have enemies. I'm thankful for that. Um, <laughs> i love verses 13 and 14 because it's, it's, it's David's response to those enemies. And, and, you know, God, the hand of God is all over verses 13 to 14. David says, you know what, Lord, I, I turned a deaf ear to my enemies and I didn't talk back to them. Uh, I, I, I turned a deaf ear to my enemies and just ignored them. And, and, and instead, Lord, I, I just want to hear from you. It's awesome, Uh, and how can you do that? I mean, listen, if if someone's treating me like I'm their enemy, and Mike, they start talking trash, uh, naturally, you want to just give it back, right, shovel it back at them, only make it worse. David didn't do that, and that's the power of God in his life. He was able to be as patient to his enemies as the Lord was being patient to him. That's the power of God in a man's life. He says, we read it before, but see again verse 13, but I as a deaf man, like a deaf man, like I didn't even hear them, uh, heard not. And I was as a dumb man that openeth, not intellectually, right? It means he didn't speak. "Uh, I was as a dumb man that openeth not his mouth. Thus I was a man that heareth not uh, and in whose mouths are are no reproofs. I didn't didn't talk back to them, uh, those trash talkers. I just ignored them. God, I, 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 there's no value in hearing from my enemies who just want to put me down and, and talk trash. Lord, all that matters is that you hear me and I hear from you. And he says in verse 15, for in thee, O Lord, he's praying, right? For in thee, O Lord, do I what? What does it say? Hope. Lord, in thee do I hope thou wilt hear, O Lord, what are the next two words? My God. Not just any God, my God. Is the Lord your God? The same God that David's praying to. Is that your God? Yes, it is. (laughs) That's your God. Amazing, Mike. Uh, For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. He had an absolutely certain hope that God was there for him. All this is implied, God was there for him. God would hear him. God would answer his prayer. Uh, God, yes, God was correcting him, but there was a hope that some of that at least would be lifted. Uh, now that he's confessed and they would seek God's grace and strength to uh, forsake some of the sin. For in thee, O oh Lord, do I hope, thou will hear, O oh Lord my God. Um, listen, we have... Enemies, whether they're personal enemies or, or or just people that hate Christians and, and Christianity, uh, you can just you can just close your ear to them. And, and, and cry out to God, and, and put your ear to the word of God, amen, and, and hear back from him. Lord, help us to follow David's example, not get pulled into all kinds of difficulties with, with people that just want to cause us grief. If they have a genuine interest in our faith, that's different. We'll patiently answer questions, right? Patiently answer questions. By the way, there aren't too many better things than that. Uh, when when someone is genuinely interested in knowing more about the Lord and, and the the Bible and they ask a sincere question isn 't that one of the most amazing things? Just the heart of that person to understand more about the Lord I told someone today there's there's no there's no silly questions there's no dumb questions uh, i love I love genuine sincere questions about God and his word. It's just awesome. And you know, the, the Lord looks upon that person's heart and it just must please him so much. There's someone who has a, a real desire uh, to know truth about me. And God God answers that desire. And praise God he uses churches like this one uh, to do that. Thank Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be used of you that way. That's a privilege. David says, verse 16, For I said, hear me lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me, his, his enemies. Um, and then verses 17 and 18, there, there is real repentance, uh, a turning uh, and an agreement that he has sinned. He says, for I'm ready to halt, verse 17, and my sorrow is continually before me. Um, when, when someone truly repents of sin, uh, there's usually a sorrow at sin. I spoke to one man earlier today who was describing a sorrow at past sin, and man, I, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Uh, it's, it's okay that there be a sorrow at past sin. Uh, I can't live in the past, Brother Mike. I have to go forward in the Lord, but I, um, I think it's healthy to not forget the sorrow that we experience at our sin. I think that encourages us to, to be obedient, to stay close to the Lord, to, do, to do, choose to do right uh, as best we can. David says, uh, my sorrow is continually before me for I will declare mine iniquity. He's confessing his sin. I will be sorry uh, for my sin. Are you sorry for your sin? Are you sorry for your sin? My sin put the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Man, I'm sorry for that. Uh, Lord, in Psalm 51.3, the psalmist says, "'For I acknowledge my transgressions, "'my sin is ever before me.'" Lord, Lord give us hearts just to confess. When, when we know that you're correcting us, Lord, give us hearts to confess the sin. David, <laughs> this is his heart. Mike, he's, he's still struggling with all the, all the trial, all, all the correction, and he returns to pouring his heart out to God, and God just stays patient. God doesn't say, again, God doesn't say, "'Stop, I get it, I know, he's, he's just patient.'" He pours out his heart, verse 19, mine enemies are lively and they are strong, uh, and they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. This is how he feels, probably how it is. Uh, They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries because I follow the thing that good is. He understood some of his enemies were enemies because he followed the Lord. I believe that's the idea. Uh, And you may have enemies that are your enemies because you follow the Lord, you choose Christ, you've placed your faith in Him. You're in church. People are convicted by that. People are convicted by that. And at times, we'll uh, respond by treating us as enemies. Uh, pray for them. Uh, pray for them. Uh, David goes on here and he, he reiterates his prayer to the Lord. He kind of goes all the way back to the beginning where, where he began, Mike, just asking God to um, lift the correction And to the extent that he has confessed the sin and sought the Lord's strength to forsake the sin, he could reasonably expect that God might begin to lift the trial, having corrected him successfully. Uh, David prays. He says in verse 21, "'Forsake me not.'" Maybe he felt like God was about to forsake him. "'Oh Lord.'" He says, "'Oh my God.'" My God too, David be not far from me. Maybe he felt the Lord was far away in the depth of his trial. Maybe you felt that way at times, that God is is far off. He's he's far away. I would remind us this afternoon, we we know this, he he doesn't go anywhere. It's it's we who move away from him. He doesn't go anywhere. Uh, He says, forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, verse 21, be not far from me. He says, make haste to help me. God, be quick to help me. I need you to help me. He says, "O oh Lord, this is that word that's more like master. Back in verse 21, it's God's personal name. Jehovah uh, is the Hebrew. Uh, and then in verse 22, "O oh Lord, master, master, uh, my salvation. He's looking to God for all that he needs. Could he reasonably expect the Lord to answer that prayer? Could he? Having, having acknowledged his sin multiple times, right? Having, he's acknowledged his sinfulness, he's, he's confessed his sin, He said verse 18, I will declare my iniquity, I'll be sorry uh, for my sin. Uh, and so he just cries out, "Lord Lord, I, I bless me now, bless me with your help, uh, lift the trials and our, even if God didn't lift the trials, even if God knew, hey I, I got to keep this corrective hand upon you or you're going to slip into sin again." Uh, could he reasonably expect God to be there with him all the way through those trials for as long as they lasted? Yes, and that's the exact promise that Christ made to Paul we mentioned earlier today also. Uh, Praise God. Um, He knows our trials. (laughs) He He understands it. He gets it. He wants us to pour out our heart to him. He wants us to consider if these trials, any of them, are correction, and when we're convinced or convicted that they are God's correction. He, he desires that we would confess the sin and forsake it in his strength. Um, and Gary looked to him for help from that point forward and understand that God does help. Um, is there any sin that's not under the blood of Christ for a believer? Any sin? Do you find any possibility in Scripture that a person that comes to Christ... Uh, that their sin, not, any of their sins are not forgiven? I don't think so. Um, I don't think, someone bless me of the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't think you can, can, you can do that today. Uh, praise God, Mike. When we're convicted of sin in the midst of God's corrective hand, we can confess no forgiveness and no God's blessings again. Let's stop there and pray. Father, thank you this afternoon for these truths.